0: And welcome to the Heart Guide Media podcast. I am your host Jesse HS, and with a uh, with us as almost always is Eric Scott Tyler.
1: How we doing? How we doing?
0: And we are uh, we are covering John Carpenter's Christine from 1983. This is uh, this is a fun going to be a fun one. Um, this is uh, probably one of Carp's most different movies. I feel like this movie more so than the rest of them just kind of doesn't feel totally like a carpenter film but in a good way.
1: Yeah, you know what when, when we talked about that we were going to do this um that's actually it's funny cuz that's like kind of the first thing that came to my mind too was like uh when it comes to Carp this definitely has a different feel I feel like from a lot of his other pieces.
0: Yeah, um yeah, it just it doesn't have like a it just it is it's just a little different and I can't exactly pinpoint what it is that makes it different
1: yeah i don't know if it's just the vibe of the movie maybe the the storytelling obviously i mean i don't know but it definitely de- has a different feel to it
0: now 100 percent. and this uh this actually is a is a rare circumstance that this book came out uh in april of 83 and the movie came out in the same year in december of 83 so movie in the book same year
1: yeah, it's definitely not something you see too much. I mean, usually it's years and years in between. Uh, well, I find that really cool. I wonder, do we know what the the backstory was on that? Like who, like how it got pushed into development for a film? I wonder.
0: Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I think i th- I want to say that Stephen King probably uh, pitched it uh, because it had to have filmed around the same time, unless there was. Um, I, you know, I'm not even sure. I don't think I've ever even read anything as to why that that, that was uh, filmed so, so you know, the same year. So they had to have filmed it like that spring or summer right before.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just, I guess it was out there and uh, maybe they just latched on to it because they thought it would make a good film, which it did, obviously, I mean.
0: Well, that's a good way to. That's a good way to push the uh, book too. To you know, the book comes out, and then there's a movie for people who aren't exactly big book fans, and then might see the movie, love the movie enough to check out the book. So maybe it was like a little cross promotional thing to to help get the book out there more, even more so than it already was. Uh, you know, just seven or eight months prior.
1: For sure, it's it's shocking how many. I know we have talked about them in depth many times, but. It's shocking how many Stephen King pieces are have been brought from paper to uh, film. I mean, think about it; it's insane.
0: he he's just so prolific; it's crazy.
1: I mean, so many pieces brought to uh, movies and uh, all classics. And this is another one, uh, another one of his stories that uh, Carpenter took and made it a classic film.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. So. um it was uh we got a cool uh a cool cast here, um Keith Gordon playing Arnie uh Keith Gordon went on to obviously we know him best for about three years later he ended up being uh Thornton Mellon's son in Back to School.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's uh, definitely an actor of that time. I know he's been acting he acted for a long time, but yeah, I mean Back to School. Uh, what Jaws 2 he was in. He was obviously, um, the legend of Billie Jean.
0: Yep. He Um, went on to, uh, actually be, uh, a well known director. He actually, as relevance to us, he ended up directing, uh, 10 episodes of Dexter.
1: Did he? I knew he was, um, I knew he got into directing, but I didn't know, um, I guess I didn't realize that he did 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 Dexter episodes. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think he did like season like at least I think like season one, two, four, five, seven, and eight or something like that. But he's got ten episodes throughout spanning throughout the entire show's uh, oh, yeah. history. Yeah, he did he did, he did a lot of good. It looks
1: like he did some uh, the leftovers, Better Call Saul, Homeland, Fargo. Wow, he's doing a lot of good television.
0: Yeah, yeah, he he definitely cool. made himself a little. Uh, career there for sure but uh so the beginning of this film is just so cool uh we get the opening uh george good bad to the bone and they're in the car fat in the plymouth car factory and we get our our sights set on this 1958 plymouth fury and beautiful car, beautiful car cherry red uh just a, a beautiful beautiful car uh and immediately we see uh them uh, as George Stewart gets "Bad to the Bones" playing, we see a uh, a guy uh, looking in under the engine, putting the final touches on him, and his hands get smashed. And, uh, and then we get Art Evans, better known uh, for his role in *Fright Night* as the uh, the detective in *Fright Night* that comes and checks out Jerry Dandridge's house.
1: Eh. Great crossover.
0: And he ends up uh, he's smoking his Monte Cristo uh, cigar, and he ends up uh, seemingly taking a, a heart attack in the car, and and he's dead. Uh, and we get uh, John Stockwell, who I don't really know from anything other than him being Cougar in Top Gun.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really all I know him from. I don't know if he was uh, in too much. Well, eh. Definitely into some into things, but nothing big, obviously. Um, But yeah, just really. uh, Cougar, that's
0: great. Top Gun. He lost his shit in the air, man. (laughs) So uh, yeah, John Stockwell playing Dennis, aka Cougar. Uh, You know, and they uh, we get like a good layout of. I mean, the storytelling is just so nice in, in this film too. It immediately, like, sets things up so easy, so you don't really have a lot of questions. You immediately see that, like, uh, Dennis has, like, you know, a varsity jacket on. He's obviously driving, like, a nice car. He's, like, from, you know, a, a decently, like, you know, a decent family, at least you can say. He's the more popular football player, and he's friends with Arnie, and Arnie is clearly a nerd. He looks like a, an anemic Buddy Holly. <laughs> uh and um, yeah that's what
1: i read um he was great for that role but i, I read that perfect the, uh, kevin, kevin bacon uh, auditioned for that role as well that would have been really interesting but no keith gordon was definitely he definitely nailed that role of uh like the the nerdy geeky guy
0: oh 100 yeah he just i i love that they're talking about taking shop class his parents aren't thrilled about it what the hell was shop class called when we were in high school? Because it, it had just changed over, like, recently, and it, went, it wasn't shop class anymore. What was it called? Technology, right?
1: They called it technology. Yes, tech class, technology, which I don't know why.
0: I don't know how wood burning is, like. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it was, an odd, it was an odd thing to call it, but uh, they should have just kept it shop.
0: Was that in the playroom? Did they have the tech classes in the playroom gym for a while? Am I imagining that? Uh, you know what?
1: You might not be imagining that. I don't know. There was something weird that was going on when they were fixing that building,
0: I think. Though. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, we get, uh, we get like, some funny dialogue. Obviously, Arnie's saying that he was trying to get, like, a, a triple word bonus in Scrabble by spelling out fellatio. His mother wouldn't let him have it. Uh... Dennis is talking about getting trying to get Arnie Laid. Uh, and when we get into the high school, we see some lockerage, People, kids are hanging out by their lockers and we see a, lo- a local squaw come up and she drops a, a TTFM, a tata for or TTFN, a tata for now, hits him with a freaking modern day acronym. <laughs> that that was way before TTYL. So, I've never I it was did people have say those acronyms back in the day like that? Maybe. This is pre-AIM. This is pre-AIM.
1: Ahead of its time, this film. The, the language must be. It
0: really is. <laughs> uh, so we immediately get the bullies in shop class. Buddy is uh, the main bully. This fucking ca- this actor looks like he's fucking 37.
1: <laughs> Isn't it great how they do that? They cast those older people. Well, play like you're 15.
0: Yeah, the guy's got fucking straight-up fucking, like, the big-ass sideburns. He's completely developed. He looks like he did fucking three years in Chino. Just, uh, like, a a full-grown man. I just thought that was completely hilarious. Uh, People also look
1: different pre, like, 1995, I feel like. I feel like you could be, like, you, you were, like, 18, but you looked like you were, like, 37.
0: Do you think that's, like, the milk or, like... Were kids just drinking more milk? Like, were they just less byproducts and and like uh like chemicals and in, in like food and stuff? Like, where they were just getting like full nutrients and they weren't filled with all these chemicals that just deplete the food that we eat of nutrients? Like, because even in like like Revenge of the Nerds, those guys they're those guys look like they're they're thirty seven and they sell cars at fucking Sun Chevrolet and Chitnango, but they're only like twenty years old.
1: Yeah, it was more, more, but it must have been
0: something in the water. More home cooked meals or something. Definitely something. But, uh, we get the, uh, we get the chubby, the chubby bully, uh, gets going with these guys. Uh, obviously, well, well, Buddy, the, uh, the, the bully that looks like he's 37, uh, gets into it with, with Arnie, pulls, uh, you know, a knife on him, uh, Dennis comes and, and tries to save the day, but then we get the fat the, the fatter bully grabs Dennis by his dick.
1: Clutch move, the patented fat
0: bully. Yeah, <laughs> fat bully. Hashtag fat bully. Hashtag <laughs> fat, fat bully dick grab. I couldn't imagine uh, that's what I
1: wonder what that scene was like. Well, like you know what, you're gonna bully this guy, so uh, grab his grab his dick.
0: Grab was nuts, so, and then the uh, we see something that was great in the the this time period and even before it in the seventies. And I remember hearing uh, all the great stories uh, from my my father saying when when teachers would grab right a hold of students. We see the shop teacher grab a hold of Buddy and uh, and yeah, give him some shit.
1: Give the business.
0: I mean, those days uh, are long long behind us. I you can't even hit a kid that <laughs> yeah, you, you, can't even gra- you can't even grab a kid that looks older than you and you're the shop teacher. <laughs> you can't even pull out a knife in school and <laughs> <somebody anymore. laughs> No dick grabs without the fucking shop teacher grabbing a hold of you. Uh so th- they're uh on their ride home and uh we get we stop, we see they see the car, Arnie's immediately drawn to it, he's letting these He's wanting to fucking just Buy this car right on the spot for however much Saying, how, you know, however much it is it's, it's it's too little or whatever So we get Roberts Blossom Who is the South Bend Fucking shovel slayer from Home Alone Is the guy selling his dead brother's car Classic And uh, we get a little Breakdown, the guy saying, you know This this car was brand new And got he got it in September of 57, because September Is when they put all the Cars out for the the follow the following year was, and uh, and yeah, so Arnie writes him a, a check for this fucking this hunk of junk right on the spot.
1: I found it. Um, I read that they that Carpenter well, obviously they they bought like twenty four twenty four of those uh, Plymouth Furies, and they had like seventeen of them redone for the movie. So no shit, that's insane. I mean, I know there's still some around because we saw. I think we still didn't they bring one of Monster mania one
0: year I think they did yeah they did uh a couple summers ago I believe
1: yeah so so I think there's still some of the original cars from uh from the movie but yeah they had like 17 of them I guess
0: yeah they that's what's so great about this too is they don't make cars like they used to I know everyone says that but when you see cars like this these Plymouths and like the Mercurys and shit from the 50s they do not make the cars like this anymore.
1: No, I mean these cars are classics and uh yeah, they definitely don't make uh, vehicles like that anymore. <laughs> That's for sure. Built to last back then. Now it's uh yeah. plastic.
0: Yeah, they're they're built to break now for sure. <laughs> so uh we get uh, uh Oh Arnie comes home, his mom doesn't, why are his parents so against him having this car? They won't let know. him spell they fellatio wasn't... and Scrabble, and now they now they won't even let him have the car. Can this kid do anything?
1: I know. Well, they had him under the under their wing.
0: They don't want him to get in trouble. They want him hot rod. Uh, so we got, yeah. So it's his. They don't want him to even have the car. They don't want him to even park it at the thing. So he stores it at Darnell's Auto Wrecking. Uh. And then, uh, you know, we slowly are starting to see the change in uh, Arnie. Arnie's Arnie's got no glasses now. The glasses are done. Uh, did Did Christine just, like, clear his vision up Is he just doesn't give a fuck that he can barely see? Yeah, she they brought out She brought out the, the greaser in him. Brought out the yeah. 2020 in him. He didn't need
1: the glasses anymore. He got a lot cooler, dressed better.
0: So, uh you know we get a little we get a little bit of, with the car and with Arnie and immediately Dennis is uh Dennis is suspicious so he goes in and talks to the South Bend shovel slayer once again uh George Le- Lebay his name is and he starts uh talking to him and he finds out you know uh, cuz it gets revealed to Dennis that the last owner of that car died uh died in the car or whatever. So we find out, you know, George LeBay's brother who owned the car ended up dying of uh carbon monoxide poisoning in the car. Uh
1: yeah, like some of his family too, right? Like his daughter or something
0: died in. His that. daughter ended up choked was choked in the car and died and they wanted him to get rid of it and then he didn't and then his wife died in the car. Uh and George LeBay was trying to get his brother to get rid of it, and he did get rid of it, and then they, uh, you know, mysteriously and very uh, opaquely, he says, uh, the car came back three weeks later. So
1: you're starting to tell something's up
0: with his mother. Oh, yeah. So so something's definitely going on. Uh, I mean, I don't think the, uh, the initial thought would be like that this car is possessed and it's uh but that that's the brilliance of this story too in the in the stephen king uh the stephen king swing on uh storytelling where a car is uh you know possessed i mean it's just it's brilliant
1: it is brilliant because if if you were to just tell someone about the plot it sounds so cheesy but uh, they make it very realistic and very um I guess down to earth you know what i mean like storytelling with the with the car being possessed as crazy as this, it sounds they do a really good job of keeping it grounded
0: stephen king loved it so much he did it again with maximum overd- maximum overdrive
1: <laughs> he had to he's like well i gotta
0: go bigger than a car now. yeah i gotta go with a fucking big mac truck uh so Ar- arnie's got confidence now uh we see him kissing lee who is like the she's the belle of the ball, she's the swan in the pond um of the high school and uh Dennis is out there on the field trying to uh do his best Rex Burkhead out there and uh he sees Arnie kissing on the swan of the pond and he gets creamed uh he gets his he gets something something happens with the, they never say exactly what happens with his leg but we're assuming what ACL tear, MCL sprain, something like that.
1: Oh, yeah. Strain is MCL, for sure.
0: And, uh, so, you know, we get, uh, we get Arnie and and Lee, uh, in the car. Uh, Arnie starts getting hot and heavy with her. Uh, he leaves the car. She starts choking in the car, or, or he starts, she starts choking in the car, uh, almost dies, uh, fucking one of the, the guy that looks like art from uh the burbs comes and gives her a heimlich <laughs> uh you know and she starts she's starting to get suspicious of the car like i got in that car like i couldn't like all this weird shit's happening in the car only plays fifth songs from the 50s stalls hey, when they're making out hey,
1: you know it's a little bit different for a carpenter film as well as there's actually like not all just his music in this film. There's a really good soundtrack
0: of uh, no, that kind you, of stuff. No, you get a lot of fifty a lot of like fifties, uh, you get Dion and the Belmonts, you get you get Buddy Holly, you get uh you even get like uh I mean you get some seven some modern music for like the, the time period too, I guess, uh that they're that they're based in. We get uh, you know uh Beast of Burden by the Rolling Stones later on. Yeah, no, I mean I know like Dion in the belt. There's uh, Buddy Holly, George Sherwood. We talked about that, yeah. And uh... so yeah, so there she's now. Lee is very suspicious of the car now too. So everyone's everyone's getting all in a tizzy about this this weird car and how it's it's changing Arnie. But the bullies show up. The thirty five year old, the friggin' the chubby dick grabber, and. uh <laughs> And the one kid was also the one kid with the wild hair is also the kid that Bill Murray was doing the psychology test in Ghostbusters on at the beginning.
1: Oh my god!
0: And then the other kid is the redheaded kid that's from Part Friday Thirteenth Part Two, and he's also the iguana, the reptile kid, and in, uh, in just one of the guys. That
1: guy is great. That I don't know his actor, but yeah, he, you, he's one of those actors you recognize. But yeah, he is a freaking goddamn lizard
0: kid. <laughs> Harold uh reptile Sherbico. <laughs> and uh we got so these bullies show up and they beat the ever loving piss out of this beautiful nineteen fifty eight Plymouth Fury. Beat the beat the piss right out of it and as it were uh and I will say that the the chubby dick grabber took the shit on the on the dashboard as they note yeah. that a shit was taken on the dashboard on the dashboard
1: that's just some low shit right
0: there that is some low shit pun intended uh so some he, Odell he, Beckham shit. <laughs> It definitely is uh so he wigs on his parents uh and uh the car's the car's all tore up he wigs out on his parents he grabs his dad right by the throat shit's getting shit's getting wild and, and crazy uh he goes to he goes in, and sees his car and he tells Christine, he goes, Show me, Christine, show me. And uh the car puts itself back together and now Arnie is fully well aware of what this car's powers are.
1: He's embracing it. He's embracing the dark side.
0: So we see the car the car's back all together and uh Chubby Dick Grabber meets his demise. We get the car Christine is out for revenge now. Not just for Dennis's dick, but for all for Arnie's. Uh, the you know getting you know he beat the shit out of Christine. Christine's out for revenge, so he gets uh, he gets uh, cornered. And I love this scene where it's chasing this this kid down, and it like it's ch- it's chasing him down. But then when it corners him, and he thinks like the car can't get to him, but I imagine he just assumes that someone's in the car. But I love when the right. car when the car pushes through and just crunches itself in there to crush him.
1: Yeah, that's probably... That's one of my favorite scenes in the whole film, when he's chasing him in the alley there.
0: To, like, make it... Like, it's so cool to see, like, a machine possessed by something be, like, so demonic and, like... I don't know. It was just, like, such a cool scene.
1: For sure. Like, giving the car, like, a brain and, I mean... I wonder if there's any sort of. I mean, I doubt there is. Obviously, I don't want to get too stupid about it, but if there's any sort of deeper meaning to it. Maybe like a materialism type thing. I don't
0: know. Oh, there might there <laughs> yeah. might be for people who spend too much time with their cars and, you know, name yeah, name there. name their cars and, and, you know, very maybe it was uh, you know this is maybe this is where Cam- maybe maybe Keith Gordon is Cameron Fry's father. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they should. That spinoff needs to happen. I always want to know what what Cameron's father felt about the car. Yeah, I
0: was really, you know, he was so worried. Oh my god! Uh, I'm
1: sure I'm sure we can get those guys back together for that. Oh yeah,
0: definitely. So we get Harry Dean fucking Stanton as the detective, Legend,
1: absolute legend. Rest in peace, Com- complete Harry.
0: legend Harry Dean Stanton, as the detective. He's asking. He's asking about the car. He's asking, you know, he's interrogating, he knows something's up, he's asking about the paint on the car, and, uh, you know, oh, did they even make that? It's really, it's, this is a cool scene, too, because, like, you know the detective is suspicious of Arnie, but you don't know, it's so weird, because he's just like, did they even make this paint anymore? Like, what is he even insinuating with that, like... Does he ride, does like, he you know? Does is, he, he
1: trying to get something out of him or or what's he trying to dive into there?
0: Yeah, did, does he know something about like this car possibly having some kind of supernatural ability? Like why would he say like, "Oh, well, do they even make that paint anymore?" Well, obviously like the car is painted that way. So, do you know something more deeper and sinister about this car or are you just asking asking questions?
1: Yeah, I mean that's an interesting that's interesting. I know. Obviously your first intention of being a detective is not to think that you have an evil car on
0: your hands. So. <laughs> no, that's not the go to. <laughs> Even in the Stephen King universe, that's not the go to <laughs> usually. For sure. But uh it's great. I love when Harry Dean Stanton's like they also uh they also uh I can't remember if he says uh, took a shit or whatever. And he's like, "Oh, they also took a took a a dump or uh, maybe he does say shit on your I think he said shit, yeah. And he's just like and he's, he's talking to him and then he's just like, oh, he kinda he's like shit can get wiped off and he's just like, oh yeah, someone wiped off uh Chubby Dick Grabber too. And he's just like, isn't that what you do with shit? You wipe it off? Or you shovel it off or something like that. It was just uh it was another cool, cool line and showing that Arnie is no longer an anemic buddy Holly. He is a full fledged Cold blooded Christine loving motherfucker. Yeah, he
1: got that new swag about him.
0: He does. That he's... dark that dark swag. He does have that dark swag. Uh so Christine then goes after the thirty seven year old buddy bully and the kid from the Ghostbusters and fucking uh Lizard King from just one of the guys. <laughs> and uh he takes he takes those guys out in the he he runs over Ghostbusters kid into into the fucking gas station like slash like oil changing thing the cars blow up they're all done the the, everything blows up the flaming christine this is another cool scene the flaming christine car then runs over buddy love that yeah
1: that's an awesome scene i wonder i know i already talked about it but i wonder how many it must have been a it must have destroyed so many vehicles. But it must have been
0: fun to do as well. Oh yeah, it had to have been a blast, one hundred percent. So uh the car the car then uh pulls into Darnell's auto wrecking, and Will Darnell watches the car pull in smoking and still like, you know, just just got done burning. And watches it back into the parking spot where Arnie leaves it and then shuts off. Shuts off,
1: yeah. So, so he knows something's up.
0: So he goes over there, he can't even touch the door handle because it's so hot. He tries to get in there, he gets in there, he sits down, and then he gets crunched and bunched, uh like a goddamn like a goddamn Nestle's theater treat. Uh, he crunched, uh into the, like basically into the steering column. Holy and- shit what happened
1: uh well big news here in Douglasville literally something just I, I don't know a shotgun or something I don't know what the hell that was really the loudest boom just happened outside of our house really I mean yeah it was crazy but uh, we let's keep going
0: maybe it was Christine
1: it probably was back for, she's backfiring on her way here. <laughs> I could hear D- I could hear Dion on the Belmont. <laughs>
0: uh so we get uh you know harry dean uh confronts arnie as arnie pulls up in uh will darnell's car to go get all the parts for him and he sees his car there he's being questioned about it and uh you know harry dean pretty much is like oh well, your boss is now dead in your car so you know, you got proof, like, what's going on here? So, I think Harry Dean Stanton's character is still, like, really doesn't know what to think, either. Like, so, he he never fully, like, accuses Arnie of anything. He just can't figure out what's going on, either, it seems.
1: Right, I mean, for sure. I mean, obviously, he probably pinpoints Arnie. Arnie looks, he's got a different uh, swag about him. These people keep uh, getting killed, and it has something to do with him well, his vehicle, so... In his head, he's probably trying to pinpoint it down on
0: him. And we get. Uh, so. Then. Um, old. Uh, old Arnie picks up Dennis. And they're drinking in the car. Like, it's very casual, just drinking while driving.
1: Classic. Uh,
0: classic move. Classic move.
1: Classic 80s, for sure. <laughs> for you.
0: And. Uh, so, Dennis is just wigged out by. Arnie, Arnie starts going out on this big tirade about how much he loves her, and then he's just, like, talking about Lee, and he laughs, and he's like, no, I'm talking about Christine, man! And I just love that scene, like, when you fully see that the, whatever supernatural powers the car has, has fully, like, possessed him, and he is just, uh, enamored and infatuated with the car so much. 100%,
1: he's 100% all in. And, uh, It's almost like a drug, I feel like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, Where he's been taken over by that drug, and that drug is a car which has possessed him and made him change everything about his life.
0: I want to love a car the way Arnie loves Christine. (laughs) Actually, I think I did, and my car was red, too. It was the friggin' Sunfire.
1: Oh. That's your Christine. The Sunfire
0: was my Christine.
1: (laughs) You were acting a little strange back then.
0: yeah. Yeah, a lot of water bottles getting caught under the fucking gas pedal <laughs> and the brake pedal, stealing deodorant, all kinds of shit. Um, but yeah, so Dennis then you know he's wigged out by by Arnie. He carves Darnell's tonight in the car the next day, and uh, we have we get a showdown at Darn at Darnell's uh, auto wrecking. Big showdown, we get, uh, just the craziest shit happens, uh, old Arnie meets his, meets his end, he dies in the name of the car, um,
1: yeah, thrown through the windshield, right, impaired, or impaled,
0: in, in, yeah, in, 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 uh, impaled for sure, so that was, um, so the only difference is that from the novel that I could remember, cause I, I have the novel, I've read the novel, uh, and I love the cover of the novel too. If anyone, uh, looks that up, you could see how awesome it looks. Just like, it looks like a, like a car logo with a skull on it and says, Christina just looks great. But in the, uh, you know, Ar- Arnie dies in, in a car accident in the novel, but in the film, he dies after being impaled by the bl- broken, you know, windshield shard. Uh, right. so, so so in the book he actually just dies in in a car accident
1: gotcha you know I don't know if I would like, like that more or less but uh, obviously you're gonna make it a little more gruesome for the movie but. yeah
0: and uh and actually in the 1958 model of the car was in the in the book was called was a, it was said it was a four door. But actually the nineteen fifty eight model didn't was not made in a in a four door, so in the movie as it as it is in real life, you know, obviously, uh, that car was only a two door, actually. Yeah, so all
1: the, the two door
0: hardtops were that they used for the movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we see um Dennis we see Dennis uh in the gal there crush the car into a cube and uh they they roll they crush it right into a ground cube of metal and shit, and uh, there it sits. And Harry Dean Stanton stands there and watches the you know as the car is just ground up into a a, a big you know square piece of uh, metal and 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 shit. And uh, we get a great line and we get a like one of the guys working at this uh auto uh you know demolishing yard playing 50s music on a radio and they think it's obviously christine and they see it's just him and we get uh the great line from uh from lee and says uh you know uh god i hate rock and roll
1: <laughs> no one could have said a more untrue statement
0: yeah, seriously. And then we get, uh, we see the little pieces of metal start to slowly, t- like, move just a little bit. And then we get George Thorogood's Bad to the Bone once again and end credits.
1: What do you think, um, what do you think would happen if they kept going? It just it gets put, put back together and it takes out, it takes everyone else out?
0: Yeah, it, it uh, it's exacts revenge on, uh, on Cougar and uh, Cougar. And Harry Dean Stanton.
1: This film, um, like I said, if you're a Carpenter fan and you haven't seen it, I don't know why you wouldn't have seen it, but it's, if you're just a fan of uh, movies in general, this movie, uh, when it comes to Carpenter, is so different than his other stuff and it's really stylized. and It pays homage, obviously, because it's an 80s movie, but it pays homage to like, the 50s and you know, the classic cars, which people were obsessed with in, like, the 50s and the 60s. And kind of there was that whole movement of, of films that were, like, you know, the car was, like, the main focus of the film. So what I love about Christine is it's kind of a mixture of everything. It's like a car movie, but it's like a horror movie. Um, very suspenseful. It's just a, it's a really cool blending of all of those elements.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like we said, this is, this is one of Carp's movies. Uh, obviously a Stephen King adaptation, so we get Stephen King and Carp. Obviously, a match made in heaven. But um, it's definitely one of Carp's most different movies. It, it doesn't have the feel of all of his other films, um, but it, in a good way for sure. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say something bold right now. I think it's one of his best scores. Is that title track that Christine? Do, 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 do. I think yeah. it's I think it's great. It really is that is an
1: iconic, one of his more iconic pieces of uh, of uh, like film scores that he's done. I would agree fully. I mean, he obviously kills it in all of his uh, films, but the Christine is, uh, I'm not really sure what they call that, uh, the track there. Just like calls the it Christine, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's just Christine, right? Yeah, that, it's awesome.
0: So I know you saw John live, and we saw John live as well. So when I saw him, I was like, I was, I like wanted to hear that cause I loved it, but, and so he plays like a big long set and then he addresses the crowd for the first time before the last song. And he, he goes, I want to thank you all so much for coming out tonight. Uh, this has been great. I hope you've enjoyed it. And then he's just like, but on your way home, watch out for Christine. And then they just go into it and they, he closes the set with the Chris, the Christine song
1: yeah it's it's like i said if that doesn't give you chills jesus
0: and it was just it was one of the coolest things and that like that right now since that point from that point on has been my favorite john carpenter musical piece so far i think
1: yeah i mean like i said it's right up there it's one of his more iconic pieces obviously i don't know if it's his uh Obviously, used and beloved as the Halloween theme, obviously, because we know here that we hear that all the time. But yeah, no, Christine is definitely one of his best pieces. And I thought it was cool that he closes his, his show with that. But I know it was the last song on his uh, when he put out the LP or whatever. Yeah, the anthology song. LP, yeah. Yeah, so really, really cool. Obviously, if you can put it at the end, it shows that in his eyes, too, that's one of his better pieces.
0: Now, I guess we'll do something uh, we haven't really done. Uh, on this show ever, but uh, you know, our buddies at Ready to Retro um also do the do a rating system, and we never really rate movies, but I, I think we we have a few times on this show uh, years ago when we first started. But if you had to rate this out of ten, Eric, what would you give it?
1: Oof. let's. You know, I would probably give it an eight or a nine. Probably. I mean, I do love. I mean, I love Carpenter and I love this film. I think it's it was and I like it because it stands out. It's different from pretty much almost any other film, and um, yeah, I would say like an eight and a half nine. I mean, I hate ranking movies because people are gonna question. You say eight? Well, that sounds like it's low. No, I mean I love this movie, but I, yeah, I'll say eight, eight, 8 or nine, something
0: like that. Yeah, I'm right in that range too. I'd be like eight eight and a half nine for sure. Yeah, uh, a great Carpenter classic uh, and a, a Stephen King classic too. Um. A fun one, though. Uh, a fun one for sure. True, and that,
1: that's what I love about this movie. It's just like you could be in this. You don't even have to be a horror fan, but like you, like you could be the cars and like it, or you could be in the horror and not care about the cars. It's just really cool. It's different, and a lot of people who are just getting into Carpenter are not super familiar, um, other than obviously you know his super classics. But this would be the one I would say is probably his most underrated film. I'm gonna for say. sure. I think so. I mean people love a lot of his other, obviously all of his films I love for sure. But, uh, when it comes to Christine, I do, I feel like it's his most underrated film. I feel like it's so good and, uh, it definitely doesn't get the, uh, the love or the hype that it deserves.
0: Yeah, it definitely doesn't. And, uh, hopefully, you know, even if, uh, one person listens to this and says, I've never seen that. Let me check it out. Uh, we've done our job.
1: For sure. I mean, listen to it for the, I mean, great soundtrack. Uh, Amazing car. I mean that that car. Tell me you don't want to drive that fucking thing. I know. As long as it doesn't kill you, but uh...
0: Harry Dean Stanton, Cougar, thirty-seven year old bully, <laughs> a fucking Cougs, dick,
1: dick grabs. What else do you need?
0: You, you got it all. So exactly. Uh, unfortunately, our um, upon recording this, we uh, discovered that our Eddie Van Halen tribute episode the audio was compromised. So that will have to wait. Uh, but we will put that out. We will re-record that. Uh, for but, sure we will, for but, sure. but this for sure. But this has been a fun one. And uh, John Carpenter's Christine, check that shit out. And
1: uh, yes. Hell yes.
0: And you could find us uh, on uh, Instagram at Heartguy Media on Twitter at Heartguy Media. You can listen on Apple and Spotify, Google Podcasts, our host site's Anchor. You can listen to us uh, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. And, uh, yeah, uh, check out, uh, the ready to retro episode dropping the same day this drops on Friday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, the ninth, this episode's dropping and you're listening to it, hopefully. And I also recorded uh, fright night two uh, for the ready to retro podcast with them. So, uh, check that out and listen to their top five favorite films on the episode I just did with them uh eric i and the boys uh just did dawn of the dead the the romero classic obviously we just did um chud with lou it's uh we got a lot of great episodes coming up and uh more on the horizon for sure
1: yeah let us know what you think listen to us listen to them and let us know
0: and uh yeah we'll uh give us some feedback and uh maybe we'll fire back at you